0: Regardless of what miraculous event, what's going on, how fun it is, any of that takes a second uh, place to the fact that the things that we do, we must do for the glory of God, for His kingdom, and at His direction. We only do those things that we see the Father do.
1: God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss.
2: And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us some dear friends, Michael and Gordana van Vlyman. And Michael has been with us before on our podcast a couple of times, and Gordana is with us for the first time, and they are going to tell us some of their testimonies of how they are ordinarily walking the supernatural. Welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you are with us. You are going to really enjoy this podcast These people that are with us are just, well, they're just very, very special to us and to the Lord, and they're going to be special to you, too, because of how God is going to use them in your life to help you get a fresh vision and hope for what God wants to do with you as an individual. But before we get started, I'd like to encourage you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and be sure that if you haven't already done so, that you will subscribe to our newsletter, our email lists, and so that we can stay in touch with you and keep you up to date on what what we're doing and what God is doing in this ministry and you can also uh, get connected with us for how we are contending in prayer for the things of God and for him to pour out his spirit on all humanity and get involved with the, the way that we're equipping people and uh, all of their, our Facebook page and our YouTube channel so we want you to get better connected. We want to get to know you better, too. So if you want to send us some feedback, you can write to feedback at globaloutpouring.org, or you can fill out the the little feedback form on globaloutpouring.net. So Michael and Gordana Van Vleiman, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us here. We're blessed.
0: Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you.
2: Well, you've just been with us teaching in the School of the Supernatural Translation by Faith with Dr. Bruce Allen and his wife Reshma, and uh, we've we've had such a glorious mm. time. Yeah. Wow, it was glorious, and uh, a lot of folks came in and got trained in lots of things of the Spirit and learning how to walk in the Spirit and how to discern what's right and what's biblical and what's real from what isn't. And wow, you, you've, you've walked in a whole lot of that stuff yourselves. But I, I'd like to go back and get your backstory a little bit. So how did you grow up?
0: Well, yeah. So it's, I grew up a, a great distance from where we are right now. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. The church that I grew up in, we didn't believe God did miracles anymore. Mm-hmm. We were taught uh, well, for instance, when I first learned about Jesus and asked Jesus to come into my heart as a five-year-old, I was excited because our Sunday school teacher told us about David and Goliath, Daniel in the lion's den, angels coming to visit you know, the, the believers, and just this life just seemed so adventurous that uh, I was excited, so I would tell all the kids at school about Jesus. But... In our church, um, eventually they gave me the bad news when I was about eight that, oh, I'm sorry, you can't have that kind of life. God doesn't do those things anymore. No miracles, no angels, no prophets, no joy. (laughs) (laughs) Just basically everything you read about in the Bible was more or less a history lesson, although they did teach us that God is real. But it seemed like a a very, it seemed like a bait and switch to me. So then
2: what happened in your heart?
0: Well, in my heart, I just lost all joy to believe that I could have a relationship with God because my idea of a relationship was based on the stories I had been told. This is Mm -hmm. what God has done. This is what God has done. And I thought, great, I'd like to be a part of that. But when they said you can no longer be a part, all of the joy, (laughs) of the journey was, was like taken, stolen away from me in that moment. And, uh, so I just quit telling the kids about Jesus. If I thought, if I can't really be a part of it, then why would I be excited about it? Yeah. So I just kind of went, uh, even though my dad was a pastor at the time, he was a pastor of a dead church.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: So, uh, I just lost all joy towards the things of God and just kind of became like a regular kid that had to go to church a few times a week. Oh. Yeah. It was, okay. It was a bad situation because, uh, you know, I, I think back on that, and I think if they had encouraged me in my walk with the Lord, how things would be different. But I know God lays things out for a reason, and he mm-hmm. makes all things to work together for good. Right. Mm-hmm. So he so.
2: He actually gave you a foundation that would help you to help people that have that kind of foundation.
0: That's Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> true. There's so many people that they start that way mm-hmm. that now I have that foundation of how to get over that and, and a, a testimony similar to so many people. Mm-hmm. It's true. So it has worked out pretty well.
2: Yeah. Oh. So, so, Gordana, how about you? What, what was your life like as a child? You grew up in Macedonia. Well, I
3: grew up in Macedonia. Um, Eastern Orthodox, and I went to church literally probably four or five times a day. Oh, four or I, five times a day? Yes. Wow. So what yes. did you do in church four or five times a day? I would go in church, and I would go in there and just pray whatever the need. Before going to school, I would always go. If I knew that we had a test or something, oh. you had a break, you go back, you go to church, or <laughs> after after school, you when you stop, you went out to the store, and you go to church again. That was me. It wow. just uh, literally, I knew— they would help me. I would go in there and pray to God. Mm-hmm. But keep it in mind, even though we went to church, my mom brought us up to fear God, also took us to church. We did all the rituals, the fasting, the, uh, whatever you had to do to go to church. But I had no knowledge. I knew nothing about the Trinity, even though the icons are there. You know, nobody, we didn't have a Bible. So I wasn't brought up with the Bible. The things that I did, whatever the priest would tell my mom or whatever tradition she had to follow, we did the same thing. So I never opened the Bible, till literally, till I uh, married with Mike. So going to church, and uh, I knew there was a God, that he was up there somewhere, but that's all I knew. Did and I you fear- love him? Yes, I love them, but I also fear them if I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always knew that he would help me. Wow. So even though a lot of the people, pretty much everyone prays to Mary or the icons, they have different saints.
2: Okay, so what explain what's an icon, because a lot of people don't know that.
3: Literally, now being born again, I look back and I see... They display the whole Bible, the Old Testament and New Testament mm-hmm. is through the icons. It's pictures, it's right? It's a picture, or they have a lot of the paintings on the walls.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, th- wasn't that for, for illiterate people to be able to show the Bible stories?
3: Uh, literally, like I said, pretty much people, they did whatever the priest would tell them to do. Mm-hmm. Even though you have these icons that were are talking, small, huge icons brought from all over, I would go in there— just to pray to God, mm-hmm. I never prayed to any of the saints. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all I can say is God must have had His hand upon me. Yes, He yeah. did. He did.
2: So a picture of a saint, and and an icon would have like a so some kind of a metal kind of thing around it. Yes. Is that uh, typical? It depends.
3: You can just get a plain you know piece of wood. The icon, just a picture. It's just a picture of of, uh, of the Lord, mm-hmm. or you know the. The Last Supper, mm-hmm. I think I saw one in the mm-hmm. house that they had.
1: Yeah, and they a halo around many of yes, the saints, too.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, every, pretty much every saint you can think of from the old to new, and people, a lot of times they're named after some of the saints, and oh, they yeah. usually have a celebration. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. celebrate birthdays here a lot, but they celebrate every name of a saint. So they literally, I mean, celebrating.
2: So it, whatever day you're born on, the, there was a saint for that day.
3: Yes. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes. My name has no meaning as far as of a saint. <laughs> <laughs> like my mom, my brother of them, but not mine. They named me after one of their friends, their hmm. doctor or dentist friend. So, yeah. So then you came to America? How old were came, you when you came I to America? I was 15 when I came, spoke no English at all. Wow. Um, went to high school. So there you could walk. So i went to church, that was my life, but here you had to drive mm. and I didn't speak the language, and going to school, even though after I learned to drive we didn't go to church, maybe just for Easter or Christmas that was it, so mm. yeah. church was kind of like in in the back I, I still I knew there was a God and I always had that hunger, but mm. my life changed drastically
0: yeah.
3: when I got married because I told the Lord I said i want to marry someone who knows you i had no idea football. what i was saying I was someone who knows you who loves you so when i met mike and we got married and he kept talking about jesus and i would say you're crazy i don't know what you're talking about i know god he helped me because i didn't know the language helped me finish high school helped me go to college for for here and uh, thank god he never stopped he just kept talking about jesus Mm. Like, keeping in mind, you know, the icons were there, but I, I never, ever heard anybody explain or tell me about it. One day, 1986, in our backyard, I remember after Mike keep talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit that just came upon me and gave me that revelation of the Trinity. Mm. I little, it's like a, a curtain was removed, the blindness off of my uh, hearing my understanding, and I knew about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit.
0: Beautiful. Wow. And
3: that's when the Holy Spirit became my best friend, and I used to think that God, you know, you go to church and you fear, you go inside the church, you know, like I never curse none of the stuff, but you don't do anything bad, you know, like smoking, drinking, none of that stuff because she thought that God lived in a building. Mm. I never knew he lived inside of you. Mm. I didn't know wow. that's, that I was the temple. Wow, so, when the Holy Spirit showed me that I was the temple and he lived inside of me, oh my goodness, gracious, yes,
2: mm, yeah. what a revelation He
3: became my everything, everything, and my life changed forever, forever, wow, yeah, wow, so thank God for Mike amen
2: so mm. so mike at at some point, you had to have had a shift from that unhappy boy that found out you couldn't do things and god did something in your life to show you that he was real
0: that's true that's true i did come to that point it wasn't at the first part of our marriage however but i knew that even though i was told that god was not supernatural anymore mm-hmm. i knew that that was the truth that he existed so i knew that that jesus died for our sins i knew that even though I was told that God doesn't do the miraculous anymore. So when I was talking to Gordana during this period, I knew that she had a fear of God, that she loved God, but I wanted her to realize that there was more about having a relationship with Jesus. That's why I kept talking to her about Jesus. I wanted her to get it. I believe the Holy Spirit, like she said, the Holy Spirit gave revelation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kept talking about it, but... It's not like I was going to talk her into it. God mm-hmm. had yeah. to give the revelation. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but
2: so you were you were already back with God when you met when you met Gordana?
0: I wouldn't call it back with God. At oh, that
2: okay. Point.
0: I mean, what's I, the
2: timeline here?
0: Well, this was probably when we were in our early twenties or around 24, 25 years old uh, when we connected and uh, when we got married in nineteen eighty-six. So I I knew about God my father was a preacher we had been a missionary family so I knew the reality of all of that and I wanted her to know that because I knew that you had to be born again okay not just know about God but you had to be born again that's why I kept talking to her about it but um I was still had a lot of problems because I didn't really I didn't really follow God because I was told years before God doesn't do miracles god mm-hmm. can't you can't be like a David or an Elijah mm. or an Enoch or any of those Bible heroes, Thomas or Philip. You can't be like those guys, so I really didn't pursue God mm-hmm. I didn't want to just have a religious life um it just seemed just very lame to me yeah. and um so. What happened was because I wasn't seeking God and I was just kind of in the world going through the motions, maybe going to church once in a while, my mind was captivated by the enemy. And so as I began to think about sinful things, I could not keep those sinful thoughts at bay. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just, it was overwhelming to me. That this could even happen. I'm thinking, I don't want to think these thoughts. I don't want to think these thoughts. But they would come anyway, and there was nothing I could do about it. I knew I couldn't pray because God doesn't do miracles today. Oh, Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) So that left me in a bad spot.
2: I should say.
0: I got to the point where I thought uh, I had this voice telling me, there is no hope you should end your life. There is no hope you should end your life and i'm thinking well you know that makes sense there is no hope god doesn't do miracles but i thought on the off chance that he does i'm going to i'm going to ask him anyway and so i said god if you're real because i hadn't seen the reality of god that wow. i was told he doesn't do anything anymore so i hadn't seen his power or his hand move in the lives of people around me so i said god if you're real send an angel or a prophet or do something to rescue me. And I prayed that for three days. And on the morning of the third day, I was working um, at a people's house, a Christian family's house, when they had a guest that drove up from Georgia. The Lord had told a friend of theirs to drive up from Georgia to visit their friends in Indiana, where I lived at the time. So he did, and through that meeting of that person is where I learned that God still does everything he ever did.
2: Wow. The
0: Lord sent someone to pray for me. And uh, when I met this guy, I absolutely hated him. <laughs> I mean, or something inside me hated yeah, him. That's yeah, that's more like it. But he just uh, kept talking to me and talking to me and talking to me about Jesus. And that really didn't do it for me. But then he had four words of knowledge. And he told me exactly what was going on in my life. Mm. And he said, right now there's a spirit of suicide telling you, end it. There is no hope. And that was exactly what I was hearing. Wow. Wow. And so he told me that the Lord told him to pray for me. So he prayed for me three hours a day for a week. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I thought later I learned what kind of love do people have that they're willing to pray for a stranger until they received the breakthrough. But I mean, I, I learned a lot just through that deliverance I received because I realized the reality of spiritual things, the reality of the spirit realm, but the reality that believers are meant to walk in a miraculous life.
2: Hallelujah. Mm. So yeah. were you already married at that point?
0: We were, yeah. Oh, we okay. Recently married, yes.
2: Okay. So, Gordana, you saw a change.
3: I did, but I didn't know he was dealing with all this stuff. Okay. So he's going through that, and, and at the same time, I'm, like, on fire for the Lord. I, I'm just <laughs> in the Bible. Mike got me a Bible, and I'm just devouring the Word of God okay. because I never had a Bible. So um. I'm reading all this stuff, and I just—I had the solution for the whole world, you know? <laughs> I had I'll my treasure, the prize. It's like I I'll, we give—I give everything up. Wow. Uh, that my life started a new journey. Can I share the first person that came? Because as soon as I found out that he lives in me, yeah. that I'm his temple, things that was important, you know, it meant nothing to me. And I just started, I would watch ministry. I watched Dr. Lester Summer. i been here they were my spiritual fathers to, to help wow. me to walk in because I didn't have anyone to, I didn't have a pastor, you know, like, you guys said you were brought up with the Bible. I wasn't. So I started writing checks to different ministries. I just gave it all away, and I never even had to ask Mike. And then a guy comes and knocks on the door. He gives me a scripture. He just—and I went open the door. He gave me—and there was a piece of paper open that inside it said Philippians 419. Mm-hmm. The first thing—and he left. I believe that was an angel because— uh the guy didn't know me. Hmm. He didn't know what I was doing. Wow. So it was like a confirmation. But yes, that that was my new beginning of life. And I just shared with everyone. I was you became disowned. an evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I was mocked by most of the family,
1: hmm. all of the
3: family. And um, friends, you lose, you know. But if I get to do it again, it's worth it because through that, painful time of losing families and friends, that's when I got to know Him so well. Like I said, the Holy Spirit became my best friend. He would walk me through. When I would read the Word, if I had trouble, He would comfort me, give me scriptures. He would tell me which person was coming, which demon was coming with them. I Mm. would go to the store, anything that I needed, help, you know, whatever I wanted to go, even to stores to tell me, keep best prices or where to find things. Wow. And uh, it it was, uh, yes, I would do it again. I would go back and do it again.
2: Wow. Mm -hmm. So the the two of you at some point began to really pursue God then, right? Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. It was, we came onto the same page, even though I really didn't know much, and I don't think Gordana really knew much either, but we did know that God is real, he can do anything, we just need to really pursue him. So Gordana was, she was voracious, a Bible reader. Wonderful. Continually in the word, continually sharing Jesus with the people that would come in and around our life. And I also really began to pursue God with a passion because I realized the importance of walking in what God had provided, the miraculous things of God, because it saved my life. And Mm -hmm. I knew that there must be lots of people Mm -hmm. that needed to be saved also. Yeah. So we just, we began pursuing God with a passion at that point.
2: So at some point you were hearing people talking about the miraculous.
0: Yes. Gordana's friend.
3: Would this happen? Probably because but I feel like the first walk, you know, with the Lord knowing him and seeing him being on fire for him. But then something happened to me again and 11, 11, 2011, but that's when we met Kim, and she started talking and telling us about supernatural things, about being translated, going places, gold dust, and all kinds of stuff in which I never heard that before. I believed in miracles, even being Orthodox, Mm -hmm. and then reading the Bible, it's like I read about things that the Lord was doing, people being healed and delivered, but I never about to a certain degree, that's super supernatural. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike started uh, kind of keeping a track things that was happening with my friend because she would get covered with gold dust when she would
0: share <laughs> testimonies. Yeah, so she'd be talking about face to face encounters with Jesus or you know, angels coming to deliver messages. And I thought, this is—I mean, I knew about deliverance and I knew about authority over evil spirits. But this was something beyond anything that we had experienced. And face-to-face with Jesus sounded a lot better than face-to-face with some evil spirits. So. Oh, yeah,
2: I should say.
0: So I would tell Gordana, invite your friend over. Let's hear some more testimonies. <laughs> and really, that lit a fire, I think, at least it did for me, uh, hearing the testimonies about what God was doing today. Yeah. Mm, and it yeah. caused us to really pursue. So we... We set a course to try and pursue what God was doing. Where we would where we could go, where people were talking about these things, conferences where people would share about God doing the miraculous, and uh, it kind of took our our passion and pursuit to another level. I would think. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. So you were going to conferences. And going to more conferences and going to more conferences. (laughs) Yeah. And you heard them talking about the miraculous, but not how to get there.
0: That's it. Exactly. Yes. Then what happened? Well, um, after several years of of pursuing in this way, chasing after, is anybody going to tell us how to get this walk closer to God that we're hearing about? We were watching Sid Roth's program one day. And the guest happened to be Doctor Bruce Allen, and um, you know, in the past, we'd heard guests and they would tell miraculous stories about being in heaven and face to face with Jesus and things like that. But uh, we'd always hope that they would pray a prayer of impartation, which we would come into <laughs> agreement with. Right? Well, yeah.
2: Extend your hand to Ex- the television. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah. Extend our hands <laughs> to right. the TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, but this time. Um, Dr. Bruce, he told all these wonderful stories. But then he said something very strange. He said, and now I'm going to tell you how this can happen for you. Mm -hmm. I had never in the several years that we had been seeking heard anyone say anything even like that. It's like people had the stories, but they didn't have the revelation to get the other person there. Yeah. Or Or if they did, they weren't sharing it. So that's when Dr. Bruce gave a very simple explanation about waiting on the Lord. Uh-huh. And that was life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. So after I heard his simple instruction, waiting on the Lord with expectation, looking for God to show you something, I be- I practiced that. And I began to do that. And the very first time that I did, I had an encounter, which was terrifying, but it was also Real, so mm-hmm. I realized, okay, I've never experienced this before. This is kind of terrifying for me, but I had no knowledge of spiritual things, the spiritual realm, that the that the realm of heaven is real. Mm-hmm. Um, had no experiential knowledge of any of it. It was just a story, you know, previously. Yeah, but as I began to wait on the Lord in prayer, then I began to experience His presence. Uh, the very first time that I waited on the Lord, as Doctor Bruce described it on that television program, uh, forty-five minutes into waiting on the Lord, I had an encounter where I was where, where I was taken into the spirit realm with an angel in front of me, and it it was terrifying at first. But I realized the reason it's terrifying is because I don't know anything about it. I've never experienced this before. I mean, let's face it, you grow up in kind of a dead church, you right. don't even feel yeah. God's presence. It's like during, you can't even call it a worship service. We're all going to sing hymn number 305. Right. And as soon as we get through with that, then we're going to do this or that. It's just, yeah. there, there was no, you know, presence of God, please fall upon us. Yeah. So I had no grid.
2: Wow. So, so Gordana, at what point did you start to have this kind of experience?
3: Well, uh, my life changed in 11, 11, 2011. Yeah. We went to a conference because before that, even though my first walk with the Lord, you know, experienced him knowing that he lived inside of me mm-hmm. to, you know, because a lot of people think God lives in a building. So knowing that and experiencing seeing a lot of the healings and different things in the glory cloud. But reading in the Bible and seeing there's more stuff happening and you know, being translated different things, it's like I started to die spiritually inside, mm-hmm. and we didn't have the fellowship at that time with other believers who were on the same path. Mike was taking us to different churches, different conferences, and I was crying out to the Lord at the, this conference, and Mike didn't know about it. And I told the Lord, if you don't change my life, And do something because I wanted, I knew there was more and Mm -hmm. I wanted to know and I wanted to make sure it was the real thing. I said that I'll just go back and be just like a regular Christian, like before, you know, just go to church and that's it. But I knew, like I said, the hunger inside of me. I was crying. I said, if not, I'm just going back. So I was crying. I know somebody came by and touched me and, uh, Literally, the Lord put his hand inside of me, and my life changed forever. That's when um, he opened my eyes uh, where I could see angels, demons, no fear at all, started taking me. I would literally—I gave myself over to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I did before, but this time it's like I literally gave myself over to him. I said, I'll be a sign and a wonder. Whatever you want to do with me and through me, I am yours. A lot of people had a hard time seeing what the Lord was doing through me because I was literally like, I wanted to see what, what he did with my body. And for a couple of years, like I said, we couldn't have anybody come over because some of the things he was doing, it was a little too much for people. And, uh, the Lord would not allow us to share to see. So he let me, I mean, literally I could see. Demons or whatever sickness people had, I could see that over them. Uh, he would show me diamonds over people's uh, body to, to know which color, whatever tribe and different things. Hmm. He would give me words of knowledge, uh, the power that was flowing through me. <laughs> Can I explain
0: that a little bit?
3: Yes. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> So, yeah, what Gordana's talking about was the Holy Spirit would fall upon her, and she would shake violently. She would, she would feel His power and presence would like overtake her, mm-hmm. and she would shake in ways that weren't that didn't even look humanly possible. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it wasn't well received. Oh,
2: I can understand that. <laughs> she
0: would, she would like freeze uh, in an ecstasy or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. She would just like freeze in position with her hands in the air. And she would be like that for like hours. Wow. And uh, her own mom just really got really upset because she didn't understand it. Yeah. And, um, but we would go to churches and it wasn't accepted because people didn't have an understanding that the Holy Spirit could come upon someone. Sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. cause that. So they would see it. And sometimes, uh, you know, they would think it was the devil. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. so they would try and minister deliverance or they would think she had some kind of. Sickness yes, so seizure then or something. Yes. Yeah. So they were they were trying to pray oh. for her healing. Mm-hmm. And uh I remember once this big guy, he came over to where Gordana was. I was about twenty feet away from her. And there were some women and they were praying for her, and he came over and he chased them away. And I wondered what was going on? He's chasing these women away and i heard him say if you can't recognize the difference between the holy spirit and an evil spirit you don't need to be praying for anyone wow and he and he chased yeah. him away and then he came over and he rebuked me he said you need to protect your wife
2: wow was that so, an angel
0: well <laughs> no i was actually the head of the deliverance ministry of a big church oh okay oh wow but <laughs> But anyway, so then he went over and he got the prophet of their house, and and she came over and prophesied over Gordana and and was holding her feet and prophesying over her feet, which was uh, an incredible uh, Uh scene and sight. But it challenged people when the Holy Spirit would fall upon Gordana— And she would begin to shake in such Mm -hmm. a violent manner. They they just, they didn't have a grid for it. Right. And even though miracles were done during this time, Hmm. it's like Cordana would grab hold of someone. Well, I can let her tell the story, but she would grab someone and that that, uh, electricity or that fire would come upon them and they would be healed. Yeah. Even with all that happening, people still didn't have a grid for that. It was just too... It had good fruit. Too much. It had great fruit. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, discernment. Yeah. We need better discernment. We do. When we can't recognize the Holy Spirit cuz cuz you know, that is one of the one of the signs biblically that you you tremble at his word, you tremble for fear mm-hmm. of the Lord. You yeah. it, it, trembling is a scriptural thing and and you know, shaking all those things. It's scriptural, but people are sadly uh, biblically illiterate.
0: Yes, and and we have a good history of it. I mean, you look at the Shakers and the Quakers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, they weren't called that for uh, non-biblical reasons.
3: That's right. That's exactly right. So go on. Then what happened? Well, like I said, I would try to control it. Like Mike said, we would go places, and uh, no matter how hard I would try to control it, it just, like, I couldn't because I knew it was the Lord. And, of, and you had given yourself to him and allowed yes. him to make you a sign and wonder. Yes. So he took you I at your word. Him, yes. <laughs> I, I do think that uh, some of the things, yes, it was challenging because like Mike said, when the power would come and I would feel the electricity at nighttime, this would go on for four five hours or six hours. Mm-hmm. But we would go to meetings and sometimes... Uh, when I would give myself over, whether, you know, for healings, I would pray people, whatever, I would prophesy. Sometimes I wasn't able to speak. He would loosen my mouth. Mm. I could speak in tongues, or I wasn't able to speak, period. But when I, if I spoke English, I would tell people, you know, you're going to conceive, or you're going to be married. A lot of times my arm would start just writing in the air to write books, Mm. to write books when Ah. I would pray for people. And... When I would come out of it, I would tell them, and I forget about a lot of the stuff. You know, a lot of times I'm under the Spirit, so I don't sure. even know who I'm praying for. Sure. When you go through a little persecution, and I would just ask the Lord, is this really you? I really need to know that this is you, what I'm, what, what's happening with me and with my body. So we would go back to some of the churches where I pray for some of the people. And it's like, Rodana, remember, you You prophesy. You said that I was going to write a book. He said, I just want you to know my books out and it's been published Glory so to God. he was confirming yeah. everything that was he was doing through me but sometimes people had a hard time receiving it now when it came to a prayer mike had to help me because i was so the power was so strong on me his his presence like i said people will get healed right and left and delivered and I, I but he always had to help me and carry me and hold me up and the same stuff happened at home, and he let me experience uh, a lot as far as the supernatural. You know, seeing the angelic, seeing yeah, the I'm... demonic, no fear at all, no fear at all. And I'm talking angels, uh, seeing. I'm talking to them, seeing angels in in the sky. He would show me. He would write to me because I would tell him, "I love you, Lord. I love you so much." He would write to me in the sky, and he would mm-hmm. tell me, I love oh. you. Oh. He oh, opened up. Sweet. When I would read the Word, sometimes when I would read literally whatever I was reading, I just I would see a display. We were driving, I think it was Ohio, and I just got through reading in Daniel. Um, literally, names went all across the sky that I was just like in awe You could literally grab them and catch them all different sizes, names, Mm. last names, where I could read them in my mind, but he would not allow me to say the name, few names to tell Mike, but just some of the things that he showed me, it's uh it could be mind blowing to a lot of people. To so be so, were, were
2: those names f- so that you could intercede for people? Uh, I,
3: I really or was he showing you something? I really don't know because I was literally reading. He said, "You know, this is not the time to seal it up," mm. you know, in, from the book of Daniel, mm. the last ch- uh, chapter twelve. Yeah, for the knowledge in that to increase to go to and from. And that was a
0: fun fun trip, by the way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I would ask him that, I was like Lord, because I prayed. A lot. I would intercede um, every person that I knew or remember, or always for coworkers, neighbors, families, church people, and uh, a lot of times he used to take me just to go and pray in different nations and release. I would literally feel the power and blowing and releasing that the glory over our nations, over our country, and I knew when I was going because I could feel that difference, whatever my body, which parts when I was either walking or if I was flying, I could smell, uh, I realized the different places I was going, it would shift. And when he would speak through me, when I was speaking different language, I could, I always knew when it shifted. Mm-hmm. So that's when I would go to different places of that. Explains so mm-hmm. tell
2: about the time you went to China mm-hmm. that, you, that you shared with us the other okay. day in, in, in class.
3: <laughs> That's when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, when um, when I was coming back home, when I like the, on the day of Pentecost, oh, wow. when they were filled with the Spirit and spoke mm-hmm. in different languages. So we're coming back home, and as soon as I entered the house, I felt something going on inside of me in my stomach. I remember I said first part of my life I spoke in tongues. I spoke, but not to the, this. This was a total different baptism. So I I started to hold my mouth because I felt something bubbling up, and I'm keeping my mouth shut, and I thought, I better run upstairs. I can't hold this. I feel like I'm <laughs> going to explode The wow. air that is coming through threw me, through my mouth. I, I can't hold this. I'm going to explode. So as soon as I went upstairs, you know, the different language, I spoke Chinese for about three uh, three days. Three days? By, um, <laughs> wow. I, all of a sudden, I remember one night, here I am praying, and I'm singing, and I'm leading worship, and I don't do that. In Chinese? I'm, in Chinese. I'm a very shy person. I mm-hmm. don't sing. I do it in my own private time to the Lord. Mike's the one that does the singing, so I'm a little bit intimidated to sing in front of him. I used to, not anymore. <laughs> so I'm singing in Chinese, my hands up in the air. And I'm just like directing like the choir, all of these people. I'm going to say there were probably about 50 people, so we're singing and then I'm, I'm. And you're seeing yourself? Yes. Where? I know I was looking, I was out like towards the window. I knew my body was there. But I could see, I am in China, because I could see myself, it was outside. In the rice paddies. In the rice, I can feel the wet, the the water underneath, and it's all like grass. I didn't realize that it was rice till later Mm -hmm. on, because it was tall. And we're worshiping the Lord after we worshiped. They were singing. This went on for a little while. It was towards in the evening. And next thing I said, the police is coming. The police is coming. Now this is all in Chinese. So we all started running. And then bang, I was back at home where I literally is like, I could feel the, the, the water and everything on my feet, but I didn't look down to see somebody asked did you look to see if your shoes or pants? I just the experience it was uh but your feet was, still felt wet oh yes i felt that it was so real wow yes. and 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 very, so did you see real.
2: this did you see her waving them? i
0: did i'd heard, it was uh one of the strangest things up to that point i had ever seen but she was standing in our bedroom and she was directing a choir and she was singing in chinese uh, she'd already been spe- speaking only Chinese for several days. <laughs> I, I, She couldn't speak English at all, no matter how much she tried to either me or the kids or anyone else. And so I see all this going on. So I realize she's somewhere else. I'm just seeing kind of the overflow of what's going on. And I think she spoke Chinese for three days that time. And I think right after that, my parents were supposed to come over for Sunday dinner. And uh, she was upset because she couldn't speak English. And my parents are definitely not on the grid (laughs) for for God doing that kind of miraculous. But God loosed her tongue at literally the last moment just as they stepped through the door. Wow. But I thought, you know, I kind of wrestled with the idea well you know we don't know that this is really chinese maybe it's just some other tongue and you know all the things that you think about because to try and find a reason for a miracle to, to have happened you know the right. natural what's the natural reason right right but uh, about a couple years later we were in the philippines and there was a group of about uh, 50 chinese people and gordana and reshma allen were praying for everyone I mean, there's like 400 people, and they prayed for each and every person. Wow. Uh, and this Chinese lady comes over to me and said, Oh, I didn't know your wife spoke Chinese. She just gave me a word in Chinese. And I realized oh, wow. that it was indeed what God was doing because she was giving words in Chinese to people as, as she prayed for wow. some of them. Mm.
2: Glory to God. So
0: it, it was pretty incredible. Yeah. That's
2: marvelous. So you were actually two places at once in the spirit you had traveled to to china while you were standing in your bedroom yes yeah yes and it's real yes very
0: it's absolutely
2: real real. and 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 we could tell stories stories for hours and hours of those kind of realities yeah why don't you tell us a couple more of those kind of stories (laughs) because here's here's the thing i want people to understand one thing and this is this is what i love about the two of you Gordana, you're you're a hairdresser, is that correct? I used to do that. used to be. Yes. Okay. And Michael, your job was?
0: Repairing coffee machines and other types of vending equipment.
2: Okay. Rather ordinary, mundane kind of jobs. Yes. Yes. But because you were pursuing God in your life, you were pursuing him and making yourself available to him. So through this process of being very ordinary people, doing very ordinary jobs, mm. God began doing extraordinary things through you, supernatural things through you, because you got the vision that that's what he wanted to do. You read the Bible and said, yeah.
1: We can do this.
2: Do yes. this in my life. I'll, I'm available. Yep. I'm, here I am. Here I am. Do it with me.
1: Yeah, many are. Amen. Christians are the mindset, especially in Bible school, it's like, what is the main thing they kind of teach in Bible school is to, well, to be a preacher.
2: Sure. Go be a pastor.
1: Go be a pastor. Go be a missionary. To be a missionary. But when you get something that's out of the box, because something like this is something that the Bible school does not teach you. It's the Uh, Holy Spirit Bible school that teaches you. Amen. (laughs) And that's, and many don't know, there's a real Holy Spirit Bible school. Amen. Because they're they're so used to what they've seen or heard. Right. Yep. Yeah.
2: But it's all about becoming available. Yeah. Saying, here I am, Lord, and and developing an intimate relationship with the Lord. Now, Michael, you tell some stories about how you began to have experiences where you kind of started enjoying what you were doing for your own fun, Yes, uh, amusement.
0: You had to bring that up. Didn't uh, well, you? <laughs> you know, I
2: I just want to bring balance to people so that they <laughs> so that they understand the importance yeah. of keeping a right attitude. Can right. you just tell us a little about that?
0: Yeah. So, um, even though all these things that we talk about the miraculous, the things of the spirit that is absolutely real. A believer has to keep anchored in Christ. And the Lord had to teach me that lesson because I realized as I began taking steps of faith and the Lord was like catching me into the spiritual realm to either teach me something or give me a vision or a word uh, that he would deliver to me, um, I realized the reality of that. But I also enjoyed being in that realm. Mm -hmm. Because the difference between the spiritual realm and the natural realm is night and day. And when you hear people say that they they died and they didn't want to come back, and the reason being is that this world, this natural world, pales in comparison to the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. And I was experiencing that. And so do you want the whole story or do Uh, you want the highlights?
2: You can give whatever the Holy Spirit says to you. Okay.
0: So I realized something, that in the spiritual realm, anything is possible. That's why when you pray for people in the spiritual realm, you often get great results because there is no baggage of doubt and unbelief. You're in a different realm. You're in a different place. And so I realized having the Lord having sent angels to take me places and catching me away places, I realized that it's possible to fly in the spiritual realm and... I just enjoyed that experience so much that when I would get caught into the spiritual realm, rather than using that as an opportunity to worship or pray, which was my original intention, I would think to myself, I'm just going to fly for a little bit and then I will pray. But it never worked out that way. It Mm -hmm. just seemed like I would enjoy being in the spiritual realm. I wouldn't do anything for the kingdom in that moment, I wouldn't pray, I wouldn't worship, I wouldn't ask God for revelation. I would just enjoy the experience mm-hmm. of being in that realm. And it's like you're a lot. It's like you're awake for the first time in your life. That's how profound it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as I was doing this one day, I was sitting on the edge of my bed. I realized all of a sudden that I'm in the spiritual dimension because God would, he would allow that. I would focus on it so that I could pray or worship. And uh, an angel blasted into the bedroom, and he was huge, and he was a warrior, I could tell. He had power rolling off of him. I don't even know how to describe that accurately, but it was like billows of power that were coming off of him, and they were hitting me, and it was very uncomfortable. And he looked very angry, and he came over to where I was sitting on the bed, and he leaned down into my face, and he said, Quit seeking the supernatural to amuse yourself. You'll open a door to the spirit of witchcraft, and then he was immediately gone. And I felt like I'd been run over by a truck. It was wow. that yeah. that experience was a correction, and I, I cannot forget it. Wow. But it let me know the importance of, regardless of what miraculous event, what's going on, how fun it is, any of that, it takes a second uh, place to the fact that. The things that we do, we must do for the glory of God, for his kingdom, and at his direction. We only do those things that we see the Father do.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful. So anchors, can you give us a couple of ideas of the things that we need our listeners to understand to keep them anchored in the Lord so that they don't get off into the wrong things? I mean, you've just given us
3: one, not to do something for your own amusement. Yeah. Right. What other things? I always say just stay close to the Lord. Stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. Don't seek the—I soup. know we serve a supernatural God, but if you seek Him, He will let you see everything you need to see. He knows what's best for you. Don't seek Mm -hmm. um, experiences. uh, experiences. Seek
2: Him. Seek Him. That's it. Seek Him and and stay in the
3: Word. Yes.
0: That's definitely Gordana's— that's her go-to yeah. thing. It's like she spends a lot of time in the Word. And so there is. if you're in the Word and you're grounded in the Word and you're constantly in the Word, you constantly have that uh, as your direction. Your focus is the Word, so you're going to be um, obedient to that Word that you're putting before your eyes, and it really keeps does keep you grounded. Yeah. And also it helps to have someone... Maybe to have accountability to
2: that's good, yes,
0: that can you know help you work through issues if you have them, uh figure things out, pray mm-hmm. for you, that type mm-hmm. of thing,
2: testing the spirits,
0: oh, that's mm-hmm. a big one
2: from yeah. from first John four that's really important it ask is. ask yeah. the spirit, did Jesus Christ come in the flesh
0: yes, yes i I had an experience once when uh well, actually more than once, but it, you know, If this is the kind of life that you're seeking to, to live like uh, Philip or Paul or, or John, you see the kind of life that they had and you read in the scriptures some of the things that were going on and you realize these guys live totally miraculous lives. If you're seeking that, then you definitely have to have the uh, safety nets in mm-hmm. place, which is knowing who you are in Christ, having discernment, discerning of spirits and testing the spirits. Because, you know, um, when the Bible tells us that we should test the spirits, it tells us for a reason mm-hmm. because it is a possibility. It's not like it's not something so far-fetched out there that, well, this will never happen. No, it, it wouldn't be in the Bible if it wasn't a possibility for it to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I had an experience once when I was in uh, Australia and this being shows up in my room, and he just looks so majestic and so handsome and just so powerful. And But there was a check in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Something was not quite right. And so I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, something's not right. He's not glowing bright enough or something. I don't know <laughs> what's wrong. Huh. And so when I thought that, suddenly he's glowing brighter and he's smiling with a with a brighter smile and he's looking even more just wonderful and which really made me uncomfortable then and so i said did jesus christ come in the flesh and his smile went to this this incredible scowl that overtook his face and he got very angry and he said why do you people always have to ask that
1: <laughs> and so, then
0: and then he just disappeared. Yeah. I didn't even have to rebuke him. He knew he was found out. Uh-huh. Wow. But that, that's the safety net God gives us. So yes. we have to make use of it. Yes. Wow. Now just
2: one more question. How long did it take for you to get to where you are now in terms of being in the flow of the supernatural? And 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 it's 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 your lifestyle now. So Did it take weeks or days or?
0: Well, you know, having the experiences that we've had and the lessons that we've had, I think that part continues. But the part about being launched into this as a lifestyle, I think it was was instantaneous once we had the passion Mm -hmm. to -hmm. pursue it. Because with me... Even though we had looked for uh, a way to have that kind of life that we were hearing testimonies about, as soon as I heard Dr. Bruce's explanation, Mm -hmm. it was like two days later that this became a lifestyle. I was spending time in my prayer chair waiting on God, and visions were coming Okay, with Gordana It was also kind of an instant thing because when she came before the Lord weeping and saying, you have to give me that life that I'm reading about in the Bible, it was that day, 11, 11, 11, that the Lord put Mm -hmm. his hand inside her and just uh, shook her to the core and changed her life completely.
2: But is it always every day like this or, or are there days where absolutely nothing happens?
0: Well, with Gordana, I would say it's pretty much every day, pretty much every day. I mean, it's rare that the Holy Spirit doesn't fall on her. Wow. And her night times, I mean, even here at your place, it's like she's overwhelmed by the Spirit, and she intercedes, and and her her body shakes under his power for hours. Wow. And— For her, it's pretty much every day. But I learned something about myself. If I laden myself with too much work, even ministry work, Mm. it kind of, uh, and I get overtired from doing ministry work, Uh then it pulls me back from the spiritual dimension a bit. So I literally have to set work aside Mm -hmm. and come and have my quiet time with the Lord if I want to walk in it every day.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh Wow. But you you always kept a a journal. Yes. And there were some journals journal days where you fell asleep?
0: I tell people, keep a journal because it's like an expectation that God's going to do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so you have your journal and your pen ready to write it out, what God's going to show you. And this is for everyone. And uh, my journey, even uh, as God began showing me things, was often— An entry in my journal would say, I fell asleep after 10 minutes of waiting on God. Or (laughs) I wanted to wait on God, but I fell asleep. I have no recollection that I waited at all. Or just all of these things kind of being a part of the journey, Mm -hmm. just trying and kind of failing Mm -hmm. because Uh even though I wanted to pray and wait on the Lord— uh, I just didn't have the physical strength, so I would often fall asleep. I mean, this—well, this, you were
2: working sixty-hour weeks.
0: I was working sixty-hour weeks. Yes, in <laughs>
2: your ordinary job.
0: In my ordinary. But you were God, praying yeah.
2: all through your ordinary job, praying for was, people releasing the glory. I was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So and just, God was doing things. He was doing things, and so I, I couldn't be disappointed. That I, could not, that I could not stay awake during the times of waiting on the Lord because then during the day, he would just show himself in miraculous ways.
1: Wow. He would, wow um,
0: that's awesome. Miraculous things would happen. I know Gordana it's the same way. Even in normal everyday life, some of the things she would come home and tell me about, uh, well, a woman she was praying for, you know, like Gordana shakes when the power of God comes upon her. So she's hugging a woman. And working on her hair, <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this woman begins shaking violently. And she says, what's happening to me? And she says, it's okay. God's <laughs> touching you. God's touching you. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Or angels would show up to talk to her, um, even at the, at the salon where she worked. And it was just, uh, God was making himself real. So I didn't, I didn't feel bad for falling asleep. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, because I knew that he was kind of directing our journey. And yes. we were seeing just wow. e- even little miracles, you know, yeah. just like, you know, he's present. He's present. Yeah. Beautiful. It's been a great journey. Yeah, I'm kind of
1: at the falling asleep stage, you know. I'm, <laughs> but I one thing I haven't done is have a... Have a journal with a pen. Maybe that's a, yes. I need to do that. And yeah, I've been purposely drinking the more water at night before I go to bed. Amen. So you have to get up. <laughs> that's know, not, That's your, a good you idea. Know, <laughs> you know, and then sometimes it's a stiff neck. You know, but I set the alarm for an hour. You know, and you know, i will go off, and so okay, what did I accomplish? You know, and. You know, I'm trying to pray. Just picture Jesus. You know, worshiping at the throne, and yeah. you know, and then then awake, the alarm goes off, or you know, but but you know, I'm I'm happy the the winter se- fall season is coming on us, where we don't have all this extra outside work where it's so hot and you're yeah. so tired and yeah and all that. And I'm looking forward to being able to Amen. S- spend more
3: <laughs> A little more time inside the house. It's
1: gonna be good. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yes. But but
2: the point is diligence. Diligence, perseverance, obedience. Obedience. That's another key. Obedience.
1: And anybody can do this. Yes. Yes. Anybody. anybody. You know, Jesus said, You are my friends if you do what I ask you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's true. That's right. And there's real keys there. Right. You know, it's just really, you know, in the scriptures you read it, it, you know, the Lord just giving those keys. It's just. It's all about him keeping him the center of it all. Amen. That's right. Yeah.
2: Amen. Yeah. So, Michael, you've written a number of books.
0: I have written a few. You and
2: know. and how can people find those? You just give us a few titles. I, I love that one about about uh, the prayers.
0: Violent prayers. Yes, for yeah. your
2: adult children, right?
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. I actually had a publisher friend of mine. Uh, Talk to me about that. He said that is the best title I have ever read. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So, violent prayers for your adult children. It's just uh, we would go to so many meetings, and even though we talk about things that are really inspiring, sometimes mm-hmm. people can't really give themselves to that if they have issues. You know, like mm-hmm. children that need to be saved, loved mm-hmm. ones that are having problems. So I thought, I've got to write that book to let people know Mm -hmm. that there's, you know, God will answer their prayers. And so uh, that book, uh, Waiting on God, I tried to Mm -hmm. make that really simple Mm -hmm. and explain how, when we talk about waiting on God, what that means, how to see in the spirit, how to do spiritual warfare. Again, another very simple book.
3: Angelic Visitations.
0: Angelic Visitations. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: Keys, right? Spiritual keys to yeah.
0: Spiritual key, uh, powerful keys to spiritual Site. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's another an one. Awesome
2: and how do people get those books?
0: Uh, they're on Amazon. I've got. I show them on our website, but I don't sell them through our website at this time.
2: So you have links to to their yes. to them on Amazon. And so, what is we your have. website?
0: It's River of Blessings International Ministries. Okay. So if people type in River of Blessings, then uh, one of our pictures will show up, and they'll know they're on the right track.
2: <laughs> okay, and we'll we'll have your pictures on the the little graphic of of our podcast, yeah. so okay. people can recognize wow. you. Awesome. So uh, so we'll put links to those things Thank in our, in in our show notes. Um, would you just one we one or the other of you? Would you pray for our listeners to have the kind of encounter that that they are are hungry to have with God.
0: Absolutely. So I'll pray and we can all agree for all all the people. Father, in Jesus' name, we just, by faith right now, we release those things that you've given us. We release an agreement from God's own right hand that the people listening and the people that desire to be used of God in the most extraordinary ways like Paul in the Bible— Father, we just release that grace upon them right now, and we just ask, Father, that you pour out your Spirit exponentially on your people that that love you and want to serve you and want to know you in these ways, Father. We just release that grace upon them right now. Everything you've given us, Father, I ask you to give it to them. And as you're listening to this, just receive it. Tell the Lord, yes, Lord, I want everything you have for me, everything you paid for for me to have. I receive it with gladness and just uh, believe the Lord to do that now in Jesus name. And Father, we thank you for doing this. We thank you for increase of dreams and visions and visitations face to face with the Lord Jesus, whatever You have for us, Father. Pour it out. We receive it with gladness. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org. To find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Bus. And I'm Philip Bus. God bless you with His overwhelming, loving presence.